CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Welcome to the Water Cooler, everybody. Thanks for joining us. I'm David Brody. It's Friday, June 25th, 2021. We begin with a big congratulations to Kamala Harris. Hey, good for her. The VP finally did it. She made it to the border. And when she arrived, this is what she saw. Lots of protest signs. We should point out that she actually didn't even tour the border. She was like three miles from the border at a border patrol station. And oh, by the way, she was there for like a couple of hours. And then boom, off to LAX. Uh, more in a moment. Also today, the Attorney General of the United States, Merrick Garland, announcing that the Department of Justice is suing Georgia over their new election integrity laws. The DOJ calling this racist, saying it denies the right of black Georgians to vote on account of their race or color. It is explosive stuff from the DOJ today, and we're going to explore it. Plus, Joe Biden and a group of 20 senators have a deal on infrastructure, but is it going to hold? Did Biden already insert his foot into his mouth and effectively kill the deal? Rick Klein from ABC News will be here to discuss. Also today, we've all heard about the January 6th commission that Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats want to form. Well, how about the November 3rd commission? In other words, a commission to explore election fraud in the 2020 election. U.S. Senate candidate from Ohio, Josh Mandel, will be here to talk about his idea. But first, I want to talk about the border. The VP finally made it down there. And once again, maybe we should throw her a party. I don't know, maybe a nice Hallmark card. Madison, do we have one of those? Uh, we could do that because this is quite an occasion. She's at the border. Joining me now, someone who's repeatedly told her to get down to the border, Congressman Brian Babin, back with us on the water cooler. Congressman, hey, she's finally there. I'm not sure how much she can understand or get done in three hours because she's not there for very long. Well, thank you, David. As usual, great to be with you. Uh, I'm glad she went to the border, but she really didn't get uh, any closer than three miles away from what I understand. And quite frankly, she's in the wrong place. She should have gone to a real, real hot spot uh, in the Rio Grande Valley sector, about six, 700 miles away. And uh, that's McAllen, Del Rio, Laredo, uh, which is in that uh, RGV area in that sector. And uh, I, it doesn't look like she was there long enough or talked to the right people uh, to really see what was going on. I think this was a, a just check the box for her. And she, like you said, she's off and off to uh, California. Uh, and, but I think who we need to really thank uh, uh, for, for her getting down there, and that is President Donald J. Trump. Uh, she would not have come had Trump not have announced that he was going there next week. And then within a, a magically, within about 36 hours, oh, she's go she was going down there. And uh, so all I can tell you is that uh, this border is a, is a situation that the American people ought to be aware of. They ought to be very, very concerned about what this Biden administration is doing down there. And quite frankly, David, uh, this seems to be purposefully done to open our borders to, uh, to enable the 
uh, and empower the, the drug cartels. We've seen 70, now, uh, escalated to 90,000 uh, uh, drug overdose deaths of, of American citizens uh, in this past year. Uh, the, the, the intent of the Democrat Party, I, you cannot help but think this is on purpose. This is maliciously done, knowingly, willfully, uh, making the, uh, putting our, our national security and the lives and property of American citizens at risk, as well as the migrants themselves. I mean, we have people dying down on this border. And so for Kamala Harris to go to the border and stay uh, a couple of hours and be uh, several miles from the border... Uh, this simply is not, this is not adequate. And the, 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 the Biden administration should be ashamed of themselves. This is missing in action. This is a wall. Uh, this is, uh, they're, they're not living up to their oaths of office uh, to uphold the Constitution, the laws of the United States, and to protect the American uh, citizens and our national security. It yeah. simply is. They it, ought to be ashamed of themselves. It does feel like a dog and pony show for sure. And, and, and this idea, Congressman, you say purposely done because you're talking about politically, that, that more illegal immigrants into the country will help them. And they want to federalize that by doing H.R. 1 and, and SR, SB 1. No question. Yeah. OK. So just so I understand that uh, on infrastructure, what do you make of this? Uh, Whatever. There's so many gangs up on Capitol Hill. I can't keep it straight. Gang of 20 now, uh, these senators uh, over there. What, what's, what's the view in the House about this infrastructure bill? Um, what's, your, what's your sense of whether or not this is going to see the light of day? Well, in, in, in light of what the president himself has said, that, that uh, uh, he will not uh, sign any bill that doesn't have uh, you know, the, it has to be in, this, this legislation has got to have come in tandem with a multi-trillion dollar reconciliation package that he wants. And that's got to be focused, he says, on democratic priorities such as child and elder care, climate change, health care and human infrastructure, whatever that means. Uh, it, it's incredible. So I, I really don't. This is looks like a photo op uh, for him to say, oh, yeah, I worked across the aisle. But I don't think anything like this is ever going to be, be uh, put into law. And, and when he's, and, and the, the catch word here is reconciliation. Yeah. You don't use reconciliation if you have bipartisanship. That's the way you ram things through with only the majority party. And that's what they're doing on infrastructure. And the package that we're seeing, I don't even know uh, all the language in it yet or even what, it's, uh, what, the, what the total cost is. But I think it's well over a trillion dollars now. And uh, the American people should be very, very leery of seeing what's happening here. This is just, this is just other language for, hey, we're ramming Green New Deal uh, uh, provisions down your throat, America. Yeah. And that's what they're wanting to do. This sounds like, in a way, kind of political hostage taking. In other words, you know, we'll, yes. we'll go for the... Uh, We'll go for your bipartisan deal as long as you give us Bernie Sanders' utopia America along with it. Exactly. I mean, every bill they seem to have done since the Biden administration has taken office and Pelosi is ramming things down our throats in the House of Representatives uh, is, is simply bills to be vehicles to push through as many liberal initiatives as they possibly can. Mm -hmm. And we better be thankful uh, that we have a, uh, you know, you know, have a uh, filibuster rule over in the Senate to keep this kind of garbage from going through. And I'll tell you something else, David, this this Biden administration and the liberal wing of the Democratic Party, which is absolutely the ones that are calling the shots, 
they are a huge, huge threat uh, to the well-being, the survival of the United States of America, our great republic, our freedoms, and our liberties. And we better beware of what they are trying to do. Congressman, before we let you go, there's one last topic I need to get to. The Attorney General of the United States, Merrick Garland, came out today. In essence, the DOJ is suing the state of Georgia over their voting laws. I believe we have that sound. We do. Madison says we have the sound. So let's play uh, Merrick Garland. I want to get your reaction. Today, the Department of Justice is suing the state of Georgia. Our complaint alleges that recent changes to Georgia's election laws were enacted with the purpose of denying or abridging the right of black Georgians to vote on account of their race or color in violation of Section 2 of the Voting Rights Act. Congressman, your reaction to that? My, rea my first reaction is, thank God that Merrick Garland is not on the U.S. Supreme Court. <laughs> uh, the U.S. Supreme Court is going to rule over on this thing, and there is no way in the world that you can construe and interpret uh, election integrity laws uh, you know, to be voter suppression or racist in any possible form or fashion. Uh, it just simply isn't. The American people saw what happened on, on November the 3rd last year, and millions and millions of Americans were very, very concerned to see these anomalies, these irregularities. Uh, you know, uh, even a, even a, a, a local, uh, a, a very recently localized election for mayor in one of our Texas cities, the candidate won because she had more, uh, more uh, mail-in ballots uh, than the opponent. Mail-in ballots, drive-through voter uh, voting, uh, registration from motor vehicle uh, databases, uh, and, not, and being illegal to ask for photo IDs to ascertain and determine if someone is a legal voter. These are not suppressing uh, uh, people's uh, civil rights for race or anything else. It is total and absolute uh, nothing but Democrat poppycock and their way of trying to take over and deny the American people the right to have confidence in their, in their uh, states and their local election processes. This is what H.R. 1 was all about, the Democrat, the very first bill that Pelosi introduces, yeah. and that is a federal takeover of local and state control of the election uh, process. And that's what they want. Yeah. And they want it for one reason only, David, and that's to keep the majority uh, and keep control of the United States of America. Congressman Brian Babin, uh, always uh, telling us exactly how you feel. And we appreciate that here on The Water Cooler. Thanks, Congressman. Thank you, David. God bless. You too. Have a great, great weekend. Uh, look, uh, here's the headline from that uh, interview. He said the word poppycock. I mean, when do you ever hear that word? You never hear that word. Anyhow, that's what I took out of the interview. Just kidding. Very interesting fact in the moment. <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Welcome back to the Water Cooler, everybody. I was watching that promo come in. They should call it the Take That Tour from Donald Trump. Anyhow, 
just my opinion. I'm a marketer at heart. What can I tell you? All right, let's get to the headline, shall we? Uh, Josh Mandel. Uh, look at this. He's calling for a November 3rd commission and stands by the belief that Trump won in 2020. Now, that is original. November 3rd commission. Take that January 6th. That's very interesting. All right, let's get more on that from, oh, I know, Josh Mandel, who's candidate for U.S. Senate uh, there in Ohio. Josh, uh, great to have you on the water cooler again. Hey, David, always good to be on. And we're pumped to have President Trump here in Ohio tomorrow. Yeah, I want to get to that in just a moment. Tell us about this uh, November 3rd commission. I, I, I tell you what, it's a, it's a unique idea and maybe even more than unique, uh, probably needed in this country. It's definitely needed. Today I'm calling on the U.S. Senate and Congress to abolish the January 6th commission. The January 6th commission is a total waste of taxpayer time and resources and replace it with a November 3rd commission. The goal of the November 3rd commission would be to investigate the Democratic cheating in the 2020 election and moving forward and looking forward to ensure that there is no more cheating in our elections and that our elections are fair, free and secure. Well, I mean, I'm not even quite sure what to say other than uh, get get ready for Jack Dorsey to take a few Excedrin on Twitter if that ever got out there. Uh, you know, how do you fight back against this type of stuff like November 3rd commission? You know, Facebook and Twitter, and all these other places, they're going to you're going to get a target on your back for that type of stuff. I, I already have that target, David. I've been sure. put in the penalty box by Twitter, by Facebook. And listen, I, I wear it as a badge of honor. Uh, they go after those who frighten them the most. These uh, Silicon Valley tech thugs go after those who they fear the most. And uh, they fear people like me and Donald Trump and Jim Jordan, constitutional conservatives who not only want to drain the swamp, but I'm going to Washington to blow up the swamp. Let's talk about this uh, November 3rd commission, though, for a moment. First, we have to institute photo ID. It shouldn't come from the federal level. Uh, the federal level can make recommendations, but the states at their level need to in put in place photo ID. If someone has to show a photo to get welfare benefits, if someone has to show a photo to fly Delta Airlines, if uh, John Kasich had to show a photo to get into the Democratic National Convention, <laughs> then obviously uh, photo ID is not racist. This whole thing that the Democrats they say that it's racist, it's a bunch of baloney, David, and we need to institute photo ID. Second, we need to make sure that liberals in this country cannot change the rules midway through the game. Or like what happened in Pennsylvania, they moved the goalpost with about two minutes left in the game. And uh, if I recall, they were using uh, reasons like, quote unquote, public health. So they were conflating the Fauci shutdown, hysteria and fraud with the election fraud and the media covered for them. And we got to make sure that never happens again as well. Yeah, by the way, I got to commend you on the John Kasich uh, line. That was <laughs> that was pretty good. I just want to let you know. All right. Um, look, uh, today Merrick Garland came out, uh, the attorney general of the United States, and announced that the DOJ is suing the state of Georgia over their voter election laws, calling them racist. I want to play this for you from Merrick Garland. This is unbelievable. Because, Well, let's talk about it on the other side. Here he is. Today, the Department of Justice is suing the state of Georgia. Our complaint alleges that recent changes to Georgia's election laws were enacted with the purpose of denying or abridging the right of black Georgians to vote on account of their race or color in violation of Section 2 of the Voting Rights Act. 
fascinating, Josh. I mean, you're saying that th what, need, what happened in 2020 needs to be investigated, and he's basically turning that exactly in reverse and saying, we're going to investigate election integrity. It's, what, what he's doing is insane, and it'll trample on our liberty. But the Democrats, uh, they have no appreciation for liberty and individual freedom whatsoever. Listen, a couple of weeks ago, I was out in Maricopa County in Arizona. I was at the Coliseum where they're auditing the vote. And I walked away from it with this feeling. Not only should they be auditing the vote in Arizona, but also we should be auditing the vote in Wisconsin, in Michigan, in Pennsylvania, and in Georgia. In Georgia. When you see, David, politicians or bureaucrats on the left being afraid of an audit, you got to ask the question, why? What do you have to hide? Because the reality is when there's a politician or a government bureaucrat who doesn't want to be audited, they obviously are keeping something in the shadows and they're hiding it from we the people. Josh, what's the answer to the critics who say this thing has already been uh, counted and recounted in certain places and that these audits are, sh you know, the, the liberal media calls them sham audits. Uh, what, what's your reaction to that? Well, the reality of it is that none of it's been investigated. And the reason I'm saying we should get rid of the January 6th commission and replace it with a November 3rd commission so the federal government can use the subpoena power and investigative powers to actually look under the hood and do the full proctological exam of all these elections in Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, Georgia, and Arizona, see what happened, shine bright lights on the cheating, and then most importantly, make sure it never happens again and make recommendations to the states, to state legislators and secretaries of state to make sure it never happens again. And that's why I think this November 3rd commission, it should be a commission that includes U.S. senators, U.S. congressmen, secretaries of state, and state legislators, because at the end of the day, we don't want Washington making elections, election rules. Uh, we want those laws made at the state level. I believe very strongly in state in states' rights. For sure. We've got about 30 seconds or so. Uh, we had President Trump on this show at the beginning of the week on Monday. Uh, Real America's Voice posted the interview on their YouTube channel, and they got a strike against them. The video was removed. The interview was removed. Uh, your, your reaction to things like that, of what's happening when people like yourself and others question the election. Listen, Jack Dorsey at Twitter, Mark Zuckerberg at Facebook, all these big tech thugs, they bully, they censor, they boot off their platforms, those who they fear the most. And that's why we as constitutional conservatives, patriotic Americans, believers in the Trump America first agenda, we need to turn up the volume. We need to expose them for what they are. These big tech thugs are liars and bullies. And you know what happens when you punch a bully in the face? That's oh. when you get the reaction. Oh, yeah. No, that's I know. I've punched a few bullies. No, that's not true. I haven't. But <laughs> all right, Josh Mandel, thanks for being here, sir. You're great. Have a great weekend. All right, Josh Mandel running for uh, Senate in Ohio, and he is a very, very strong contender out there. When we come back, Rick Klein from ABC News will break down all this infrastructure stuff. Back in a moment. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. 
comfortable. Ah. Welcome back to the Water Cooler, everybody. Will there be a big infrastructure deal uh, between Republicans, Democrats, and the White House? You get a sense that there will be, and then you also kind of get a sense that there well, there might not be. Uh, here's the Just the News headline: Biden indicating that the bipartisan infrastructure bill must pass. Here's the key words: in tandem with the reconciliation bill. We want to discuss all of this with uh, ABC News Rick Klein, the ABC News political director. Rick, thanks for being here as always, sir. You bet, David. Uh, boy, that those in tandem words, uh, I kind of feel like he said the quiet part out loud. <laughs> I mean, because we kind of all knew that this is exactly where it was going. But I mean, I'm not sure if you really want to negotiate that way in front of the microphones with the press. Yeah, it was striking just moments after uh, uh, championing this bipartisan deal for a trillion dollars or so in, in infrastructure spender, five Republicans uh, on board for that to say, I'm only going to sign it if I get the other bigger one, the one that um, could be six times as large. And uh, I think I think you saw Biden there acknowledging the reality among progressives on, on his left. Nancy Pelosi had made it clear that you don't get one without the other. But at the same time, they're not done yet with trying to get Republicans on board. Five is not 10. You'll need 10 Republicans to get to 60 votes. Uh, that's the critical threshold. So it is a, it is quite a balancing act. And uh, I think Biden made clear that, uh, that that he knows that he needs Democrats on board in, in saying that he needs to have both. And what the exact definition of in tandem is, does that mean they have to be there simultaneously? We've heard the White House uh, try to clarify that a little bit by saying that the, the timeline really is, is left to Congress. So maybe there's some wiggle room there. But uh, he was pretty explicit that uh, that his view is that you don't get one without the other either. What's your sense of whether or not this can get over the threshold? Is, is, is there more pressure? Clearly, I would think more pressure on Democrats here to make sure they get their house in order. They've got razor thin majorities. Yeah. And, and, and I think uh, Biden said yesterday that uh, he thinks his party is rational, that they're not going to, to, to say goodbye to a majorly, you know, a major deal if they just because they don't get everything in an even bigger deal. Uh, but that's the reality now that progressives are facing is, you know, the Senate is is closely divided. So is the House. Uh, I, I can't I can't imagine that uh, the president doesn't get Democrats on board for now that he's behind it for the first time. That changes the dynamics of it, David. Uh, but it's a moot point if you don't get uh, 10 Republicans. And, and again, only five is the number now. And Republicans are going to have lots of excuses to 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 come out against this. Uh, the price tag, uh, the, the the procedural aspects of this. We've seen Senator Lindsey Graham come out pretty quickly and say that uh, it's a bit of a bait and switch to say, you know, once you agree to one trillion, actually it's going to be a, a six trillion. So I, at this stage, I don't know where to exactly handicap it. I think uh, there's a lot of hard work ahead. Um, the moment was a big one for Biden yesterday to have Republicans and Democrats together on the White House, uh, right outside the White House, championing this big deal. A lot of folks never thought it would get this far, but we haven't seen any votes at all yet. You know, uh, Lindsey Graham did say that uh, Biden's making, <laughs> making the GOP look like idiots <laughs> over this bipartisan infrastructure agreement. Because if you think about it, I'm trying to understand what's in it for Republicans. I mean, this seems like political blackmail in a way. I mean, why, why would they even do this uh, knowing that reconciliation and Bernie Sanders and the big enchilada of social welfare infrastructure is just around the corner? What, what are they even getting out of it at this point? Well, I think there's two there's two reasons Republicans might be supportive. One is uh, members of Congress love to bring back roads and bridges uh, to, to their constituents. Good That's point. a Democratic and a Republican thing. And if you can take some some small slice of that and say, look, I've made your life better and I've made uh, I've made the district better. That's something. The other thing is that, you know, as much as we all get caught up in the procedural niceties of this, I, I think there are a lot of Republicans have always expected this would be the case. Uh, they use reconciliation um, to pass the, tr the Trump tax cuts. 
They've always expected that Democrats would try to switch, uh, push this as far as they can. However, they, they can get away with it, parliamentary, is, uh, parliamentary maneuvering. Uh, they have the majority, and there's not much Republicans can, can do about that. Uh, so maybe they, like, like you said, saying the quiet part out loud, uh, I think this was the expectation all along anyway. That said, uh, if you were an on-the-fence Republican, uh, you know, having, having the price tag essentially grow from one to six trillion, uh, just by, because the president says you have to have both, that's a, that's a big deal. Well, that's a good point. And also, I mean, Trump was going to do infrastructure. Never, they never got to it. I mean, so, so infra to do hard infrastructure is not hard, if you will, for Republicans, I guess. I, I think then the question maybe for Republicans politically where it could help them in 2022 is say, hey, look, we did hard infrastructure, but, but all this other stuff, um, budget reconciliation is uh, for, no, I guess, a pun intended, a bridge too far. Yeah, you, you could see that. I think uh, the, you know, the, the other side of all of that is do Republicans want to give Biden a win, um, right. any win, but particularly a win in an area that Trump wasn't able to deliver? Uh, that, that might argue against it uh, as you get closer to 2022. Uh, and maybe, you know, whatever blame go or, or credit gets, uh, gets spread around. I mean, I don't think voters are going to be thinking, hey, this bridge was through the regular process with the bipartisan deal and that one over there because of budget reconciliation. Either, either people, either there are shovels in the ground and, and lives are getting better and improved or they're not. And the bigger you know, economic impact of everything is probably of, of, a, of a higher midterm concern. You know, a year and a half out, it's impossible to know what the elections next year are going to turn on. Uh, so it's going to be an interesting couple of months, I think, because to have this moment is, is, is really something. It's something I think Biden has long sought and a lot of people in his own party and the Republican Party never thought it would happen. Uh, but you saw it, David, those five Democrats and five Republicans, all smiles, big smiles there at the White House yesterday. Uh, Rick, one last uh, topic, uh, the vice president, Kamala Harris, at the border. I've really never understood this from the White House, why they didn't get out of this, uh, get in front of this ahead of time. I mean, why not put her at the border a very long time ago and you open yourself up to criticism? Anyhow, she's there and now she's staying for, what, a few hours and she's not even on the border. I think she's, uh, my understanding is she's just a few miles from the border in a patrol uh, center. Uh, what, what's your take on the on the politics of all of this? Yeah, look, they're not good for Kamala Harris. And I think, you know, the interview that she did a few weeks ago uh, during her trip down to Central America, where she was dismissive of the idea going to the border, that added to this. The fact that President, former President Trump's going to be there uh, just next week with Governor Abbott, who's vowing to, to construct the wall, makes it look at least like she's responding to that pressure. You know, obviously the policy is going to be out in front in this, and that's another area where the administration has some has some problems. But I, I politically speaking, it's it's hard to see a lot of good things out of this trip. Um, I, I, I've been a little bit surprised that they haven't done it already, that they've allowed this to be uh, developed into the talking point that it has been. Uh, but uh, we'll have to see. I mean, it's it, 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 she, she's making the trip. And I've, I've seen some Republicans at least giving her credit for making that trip, although, as you said, probably not going even to the part of the border that's the most problematic. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Rick Klein, uh, ABC News. Have a great weekend. Really appreciate your time. Thanks so much. Thanks, David. Good to be with you. All right. Love to have Rick on the show. Uh, such great insight uh, and really just uh, he's in the know. He's in the know. And so that's uh, obviously important because that makes one of us <laughs> uh, here on the show. Uh, all right. So uh, that's interesting because infrastructure and Kamala Harris at the border and there's so much going on in the Biden administration. We haven't even gotten to some of the culture war aspects of the administration. But believe me, we'll be doing that all next week. Um, and so I'm looking forward to that. All right. When we come back, We've got Dave Bratt uh, on the show, the Dean of the School of Business at Liberty University. That's a mouthful. The Dean of the School of Business at Liberty University. That is a workout for the mouth. Anyhow, uh, he's got some news about inflation and also he'll weigh in on the infrastructure deal as well. Back in a moment. 
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to the Water Cooler, everybody. There is an infrastructure deal in place. Uh, Joe Biden and the uh, these 20 senators, the gang of 20, so many gangs up there on Capitol Hill. Uh, but anyhow, uh, they've all agreed to this infrastructure package on just kind of hard infrastructure, if you will. But then look at this headline because of what Biden said. Biden actually indicates that this bipartisan infrastructure bill must pass in tandem with a reconciliation bill. Let me let me give a translation to you on that. What that means is Bernie Sanders is like in his liberal utopia dungeon working on this budget reconciliation bill that has all the social welfare stuff as it relates to infrastructure. He, they want all of that passed as well. And Biden won't sign the hard infrastructure without the Bernie dungeon liberal utopia bill. That's the point of all of that. Here is Biden talking a little bit about that. Uh, want both of these measures to come to you in tandem. Did you receive any assurances that that will happen? And how do you anticipate what will you do? I control that. If they don't come, I'm not signing. Real simple. So what I expect, I expect that in the, the coming months this summer, before the, count, the, the fiscal year is over, that we will have voted on this bill, as well the infrastructure bill, as well as voted on the budget rec- uh, uh, resolution, and that's when they'll. But if only one comes to me, I'm not. If, if this is the only thing that comes to me, I'm not signing. It's in tandem. Mr. President, Mr. President, Mr. President do you support then Speaker Pelosi's stated plan to hold the bipartisan deal in the House until the Senate also passes reconciliation? Do you support that sequencing on her part? Yes. All right, that's Joe Biden. At least he wasn't whispering. You remember, he was whispering. We'll talk about that a little later. That was really creepy when he, when he was whispering. Did you see that? Anyhow, Dr. Dave Bratt uh, joining us now, Dean of the School of Business at Liberty University. Uh, Dave, great to have you on the show again. Hey, you bet. Thanks, Dave. Uh, what do you make of uh, what Biden's talking about here in this whole infrastructure business? Yeah, some of the folks at home uh, may not know that that reconciliation piece, you, you can pass with just 50 votes in the Senate if it's only budgetary, if it's just numbers. In other words, you can't pass other, you know, wider, broader social policy or stuff that's not related to the budget. So they have a window now to get a trillion dollars here. And then Pelosi made it clear uh, to Biden that she wants her, you know, the, the big Christmas tree lit up with three or four trillion more in all of the social spending, what they call infrastructure. Uh, when it, what we need in this country, right, what China has is a massive infrastructure package aimed at making us the greatest uh, industrial nation in the world, like we always were. And so under Trump, you had Navarro and uh, some of those guys that tied the infrastructure package to bringing jobs back to America. And uh, for the first time, uh, the 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 folks with just a high school degree, et cetera, their wage rates were going up for the first time in 40 years. 
Mm -hmm. uh, and we were making people rich and successful instead of addicted to the government. Well, the Democrats want none of that, and so that's what you're saying. So, so Dave, I'm a little confused. You're a former congressman. Why, why are the Republicans, why would they even go along with something like this? I mean, you have, this is like political blackmail. It's like we're going to go ahead and, uh, and uh, give you the hard, win on hard infrastructure, but then it's, it's only going to come if, you, if they go ahead with the budget reconciliation deal, too. I mean, what, what are Republicans getting out of the deal? They're getting nothing. Yeah, and all they needed uh, was 10 Republicans uh, to yeah. go along in the Senate, right? And so, uh, but, you know, there, there might be more. The Republicans in the Senate, they do want to show some bipartisanship. Strategically, it, it might even be smart. I don't like it because you know what you just said is true. We're going to get steamrolled. Uh, but they know that. So they're putting, they're putting the trillion number up on the real stuff, on the more real infrastructure uh, that see. actually leads to economic growth. But the other piece that's more strategic is you can't be totally political because you need the Joe Mansions of the world to stay sane and rational uh, and be a good guy to keep the filibuster from going bye-bye. So if the Republicans yeah. overplay their hand and don't do any teamwork whatsoever, you know, for a trillion on infrastructure that helps uh, economic growth nominally, okay, you know, it's, it's not pretty, but I, I can pinch my nose for that if, if, it, if it helps the Mansions of the world stay... Uh, yeah staying off the warpath. No, that's a good point. I mean, Republicans can say, look, we did the hard infrastructure, uh, which is, you know, politically, you know, uh, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, popular, if you will. Uh, yep. but, but the other stuff, they can let the Democrats, you know, deal with that and the political fallout yep. from that. All right. Uh, I want to show uh, another headline out there today about a key inflation measure uh, has climbed to its highest level since 1992, the PCE. I don't know, Dave, you're going to have to explain all this to me. But what, what's going on here with inflation and the latest here? Yeah, well, the Fed came out last week, too. And, uh, you know, at first they said, uh, the, don't don't worry, you know, these, these new uh, price rises and inflation you're seeing is just due to coming out of a recession and out of COVID. People have some checks at home. There's a little pent-up demand. They're going out shopping. And so prices are going up. Uh, supply can't keep up with it, right? Demand is outpacing supply is a common story right now across many sectors. And so you get some prices. But now the Fed has come out in the last few days and started to change its tune because they probably had the data on that new number you mentioned. And so some of the new numbers are going, whoa, we, we're way outside of the, you know, the, the, the Fed has a 2% uh, target. And uh, if you ever get outside of that bound, right, you can go do a quick read on inflation, but it's hard, terribly hard to forecast. There's a long lag between the monetary policy you put into place like six months, a year ago. And so you don't, it, the best science can't tell you exactly when you're going to see it. But the one thing it does say is once it gets out of control, it's very hard to put the genie back in the bottle. So right now uh, the Fed's getting really nervous because they, they don't want to be in charge of stagflation where you get inflation and then slow economic growth and you got Jimmy Carter uh, and then they're in the doghouse. Yeah, for sure. All right, Dave, Brad, have a great weekend. Really appreciate your Thanks, time. Dave. I always learn something. Thank you. Hey, thank you. God bless you. Thank you. All right. And by the way, maybe I should do a quick read on inflation. That's a quote uh, from Dave Brack. Can you imagine? Uh, honey, sorry, can't. I, I know you have weekend plans and I know I was supposed to be part of that, but I, I can't do it right now. Um, I've got to do a quick read on inflation. 
Uh, that, that wouldn't go over well at my eye in my house. I just want to let you know. But still, at some point, I will do a quick read on inflation. All right, when we come back, the last sip. Um, remember I talked about Joe Biden whispering? We're going to talk about that next. I know I sound creepy, but please come back. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome back to the Water Cooler, everybody. Time for the last sip on a Friday. Love last sips on a Friday. They're a little bit more crazy. And let's be honest, the whole show's crazy. All right, so you've heard about the Arizona audit, right? That's what we call it here. Guess what the media calls it? They call it the sham audit. S-H-A-M. The sham audit. They have their talking points lined up. I want you to look at this clip put together by our producer, David. Great stuff. Uh, where you see MSNBC, CNN, all these liberal entities using the same exact word. It's like talking points. Have a look. This week sees Arizona bracing for potential violence as that group of so-called ballot auditors wraps up their so-called work. And in Georgia, a version of that kind of sham audit is right now in front of a judge. To another bogus charade, the sham audit in Arizona. The sham audit in Arizona. Conducting a sham audit. Arizona sham election audit. And that sham audit in Arizona. The sham audit in Arizona. The sham audit. The sham audit. Will Pennsylvania be the next state to launch a sham election audit? The sham audit of 2.1 million ballots. Arizona sham audit. Republicans push for more sham audits. That includes directly addressing the sham audit. In Arizona in the sham audit. As we approach the end of this sham audit. The sham audit audit, quote unquote, in Arizona. This is a sham. This sham audit. They had a sham hearing. Look at that. You, you see that? Sham, 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 all over the place. Sham media. They're all getting together, a latte sipping crowd, and they're saying, hey, what's our talking point today? Let's do, let's go with sham audit. All right. By the way, speaking of the media, it makes me think of Joe Biden. They're kind of like all together. Uh, how about Joe Biden yesterday? We, we're now getting whispering Joe Biden. Can I whisper a little? Whisper. Shh. Joe Biden has something to tell you. He, here it is. And you said when people are waiting for relief. I got them $1.9 trillion relief so far. They're going to be getting checks in the mail that are consequential this week. That was creepy. That was very... <laughs> I'm sorry, that's really creepy. Why is he whispering? Could you imagine, Madison, if we did the water cooler this way? Hi, welcome to the water cooler. You would turn it off because that would be creepy. Can we hear it a little bit more? Is there a way to just hear a little bit more of that, that whispering? I mean, I just, it's just so creepy. I got them $1.9 trillion relief so far. They're going to be getting checks in the mail that are consequential this week. That is weird. Do you, you understand what I'm saying? And I thought that the thing with the sniffing was weird. That's weird, too. Welcome back to the Water Cooler, everybody. Uh, Joe Weber is here. If I was from New York, uh, I would be saying Joe Weber. Joe Weber, the news editor from Just the News, is here. Hey, Joe. Uh, hello. 
Well, gone are the days of Washington being a sleepy southern town and Friday being slow. Uh, just lots of news coming out of Washington again today. Um, do you take a look? One of the things that's really interesting is Merrick Garland today announcing that the Justice Department is going to file a lawsuit against uh, Georgia, or at least particularly the state lawmakers there and Republicans who have um, enacted some laws there to fortify the uh, state voting laws to make sure that there's less fraud in the future. He's um, arguing it against the Voting Rights Act. And, you know, I should have seen this coming. We've seen this argued out in the legislative branch, largely. Uh, we've seen it argued out in states across the country, and now the judiciary branch is involved. So. Yeah, what else you got going on there, Joe? Lots lots going well, on. Well, speaking of that, um, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and the infrastructure bill, she argued that the group that's there with the president yesterday, the 10, not enough diversity, you want to change Newton's third law to for every action, there's an equal and opposite cancel at this point, right? And there's going to be very busy this fall, I mean, this summer, as people probably know, your readers, your viewers, well-informed, that um, July and August is actually... June and July and then early August, very busy in Washington. They're trying to get all their bills done uh, before we uh, before they leave for the August recess. So they're going to try to get both of those infrastructure bills done uh, before then. Lastly, Mike Pence uh, last night in a speech at the Reagan uh, Library in Simi Valley that he was proud of the work he's done uh, on the uh, getting the Electoral College vote certified on January 6th. I understand you're going to be talking more about that later this uh, next week. That is correct. We will be talking uh, to an author of one of a, a very important book about Mike Pence on Monday. So, Joe, thank you, sir. Have a great weekend. Same to you. All right. Uh, I know Mike Pence is pretty controversial around here. You know, that he's doubling down on the whole January 6th thing. What else is he going to do? I mean, you know, he can't say, whoops, sorry, I made a mistake. He's not going to do that. All right. Uh, anyhow, that does it for the show. Uh, I, I'm exhausted, uh, so I'm going to get a lot of sleep this week. In the meantime, I want to leave you with this thought. Uh, shall, shall we? Here, here's the thought. I got them $1.9 trillion relief so far. They're going to be getting checks in the mail that are consequential this week. It's Biden. He's whispering. It's creepy. It's Uncle Joe-ish. And it is the water cooler that you're watching on Real America's Voice. Hope you have a great weekend. We'll see you Monday, Lord willing.